Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. I uh, I got back like last night from Taiwan. Yeah, Taipei had a wonderful time there. How's your sleep? Not good. <laughs> Not great. I have a lot of thoughts on Taiwan and Taipei. I've heard some of them. It's a lot going on. Uh huh. But one of the things that blew me away. It was a restaurant called Paradise on the 46th floor of of the Breeze building. Breeze is a a company group. And it gave to me a lot of confidence that a high-end buffet can work outside of a casino. And we're going to break this down play-by-play later, but it had everything that you would want. There is no fillers, no nothing. And um, it was the size of like a high school track in terms of the, the... the, the actual track itself would be the buffet floor. Yeah. Was the size different, of the different kinds of things to eat. The arena. <clears throat> we will talk all about that the next podcast, but uh, I want to go a little bit more in depth about the economics of it all, the pros and cons of it, and why I think it's the one of the handful of ways you can actually, if I was going to start a restaurant, it would be something like that. That's the only way you can change how people are going to eat is literally the the foundation of the physical nature of the restaurant. So, um, yeah, it's called paradise. <laughs> there's, <And, clears throat> there's a place called paradise. Paradise is not a myth. No, it's out there. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to get on to our, uh, interview with David Arnold. He's going to join us and we're going to talk about fat washing and cocktail terminology. We were going to get Dave on this podcast, hopefully many more times because, He's just somebody I've known a long, long time. And uh, he he has a lot of hard opinions that I also enjoy battling him over. Very strong opinions. We'll take a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. We're joined with Dave Arnold, uh, the great, magnificent David Arnold. You may have heard his beautiful voice on his podcast, Cooking Issues. Yeah. I mean, this guy's this our, our brother, our brother in arms, and the fucking, the owner, the, the provider of the greatest stuffing recipe known to humankind. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys pushing that out. My mom was super stoked. My mom was super, super stoked, you know. It was legit. I've made it so many times since then. It was like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you're like, as you said, you're like, am I punking you? Like with the mandarin oranges and stuff? No, it just works. I can't help the fact that it works. I can't help the fact that on paper, you don't, you're not going to like it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't help that. So for those that are wondering what the fuck we're talking about, if you listen to recipe club, we did a Thanksgiving day uh, episode with Dave Arnold and he gave us what on paper was an absolutely ridiculous 
Stuffing recipe. 400 pounds of butter, it's a can of mandarin oranges. White, white bread. White bread, just some Just listen to the episode, make it. This is the only stuffing recipe I will ever make. And I've made it many times since. Legitimately, Dave, on, on Thanksgiving morning, I opened up the, our shared Google Drive where we had posted the recipe, and there were like a hundred people in the document just making the recipe on Thanksgiving morning. So it was it was a it was a real hit. One last thing on it. It's so good that my oldest brother said after, he's like, I don't know why you made anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for ruining yeah. Thanksgiving, Dave yeah, Arnold. Well, uh, uh, you know, I mean, like, I think the thing about that recipe is that because it like on paper, you're like, what? That's why it's that's why it's not everywhere already. That's why it hasn't that's why it's not the standard thing because it doesn't make sense. It just works. You know what I mean? Well, we wanted to get you on because I told a story when I was at uh, the Masters. Uh, is that golf? Yeah, two, three weeks ago. <laughs> it is golf. Yeah, yeah. All right. And if I'm <laughs> big fan, Dave Arnold, big fan. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But I bumped into a bartender that was basically saying how implied that they sort of invented like fat washing. I did well, nothing pro- in it. You provided the fat. You provided yeah, I, all I, the fat. I, I provided the, the the ingredients to make the plutonium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So You're, this, you were Norway in this scenario, right? Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but so this this is fat washing. I'm I don't know. Everybody's heard this word, but you see this on tons and tons and tons of cocktail menus. I mean, this was not like a fancy cocktail bar you were at, at the Masters, right? It was just like a. I mean, it wasn't like touted as a high end. It was it was high end. Yes, but that doesn't matter. Is you're probably going to have this moment a lot of different ways, right? Where a bartender explains to a customer like, oh, I got this cool technique. Or even if they don't say they invented it, they talk glowingly about it. So it almost is implied that like, look how good I am. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I'm a magician. I can make fucking anything. Dave knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like sometimes though, like if they're young, it's like just exuberance and you're kind of like, oh, I'm glad that you're excited. I'm glad you're excited. I mean, that's a thing. You know what I mean? Like when you just learn something, you're like, look at this. Like, I'm okay with that sometimes. No, you're yeah, not. And if it's you're novel like, and if it's novel to the customer and you're trying to explain it, you don't want, you, you, you can be excited about it. It can come off yeah. as, as ownership, but Dave Arnold's yeah. here because you were there, right? You, you guys were both there. <laughs> right. Well, created. so what's, what's interesting, right. Is that, uh, I didn't do a lot with it just because I knew the guys that had done it. And so, I wasn't about to do something that, you know, was my friend's technique because, but I think I've said this to you before. I think that's a mental problem on my part. Like the need to do something new to like not be copying like people around you in the food and drink world is a mental problem. You need to, you need to get past that in your life. You know what I mean? Like other people's techniques are good, but yeah, but specifically because I knew the people that had kind of pioneered it, I didn't do that much with it back in the day. I mean, the quick rundown. Does everyone even know what the hell we're talking no, about? No, no idea whatsoever. So start at the start. Who, who are we talking about? Where are we? And what is this thing? I'll start with what? So like the idea is, is that you take uh, fat, right? Any fat. So like, you know, Dave uh, at Mama, you know, Momofuku used to go through. How much Benton's bacon did you go through? A lot. A lot. <laughs> right. And so for those of you that live under a rock and don't know what Benton's bacon is, Benton's bacon is the smokiest of smoky bacons. It's the ultimate culinary bacon in the sense that if what you want is to have each piece of bacon add the most smoky baconness to your item, 
It's not my favorite bacon to eat out of hand. Is it your favorite bacon to eat out of hand, Dave? No, no. I use it to but cook. It's, it's the it's, best cooking bacon if you want to impart that hickory flavor. Yeah, for sure. Out of hand, you mean literally just no, it's, in my it's hand. it's too I'm much. Eating. You're eating a smokehouse. You can't, it's, it's hard. It's Got great it. and sandwich. It's great, but eating it like you would just normal mm-hmm. morning bacon, you can't do. No, it's not for that. By the way, fat washing is one term that we're talking about today, but eating bacon out of hand, morning bacon, these are all new terms that I want to introduce into the culinary lexicon. Yeah, no, I mean, that's not the, you don't think that way. Like, this is more of a cooking bacon. This is like, you know. <laughs> this is my finishing bacon, my cooking bacon. I got you. All right. Yes. You know, a byproduct of this, but for, I assume that everyone who listens knows that Dave hates waste. Any kind of waste, hates waste. So he saved all of the Benton's bacon fat which is the smokiest fat on earth. And I think you guys were ovening it out, right? So it wasn't getting all rancid and overcooked. Yo, listen, if people who are using bacon fat, if you overcook and over fry and, and your bacon pan is like freaking smoking and blue smoke is flying off of it, that fat does not taste the same anymore. Dave, do you, are you agreeing with me on this or yeah. not? Do you guys, yeah. I mean, you're killing the volatile compounds that make it taste the way it does. Yeah, you're breaking it. It's going to go rancid and nasty and all, but whatever. So, but you had all this bacon fat, right? And so what you do is, let's say you were to take that bacon fat and then you were to melt it and you were to mix it in with bourbon. Let's just say bourbon, right? And then uh, you let it sit for a while. What happens is, is that alcohol, alcohol is interesting in that it's like, it goes with water, but it also can uh, go with fats and things that don't like water. So it can absorb flavors out of the bacon grease better than water can. And so then the alcohol is you know, taking up all of this awesome smoky bacon grease flavor, right? Then you put it in the freezer, the bacon grease turns solid again, you just take it off and now you have bacon grease flavored bourbon. Great, right? You might've heard of this. It's called the Benton's Old Fashioned and it was one of Don Lee's early drinks at PDT famous, you know, um, cocktail revival bar in New York that was started by Jim Meehan, uh, you know, and that, that was the drink that put kind of fat washing on the map. The first people who were fat washing, so that's what fat washing is. And that's one of the early people that was doing it. Um, the people that were doing it first, uh, with that kind of stuff around the same time were at WD 50, which was Wiley Dufresne's restaurant. And the bartenders who were doing it were uh, Evan Freeman and uh, Tona Palomino, who were both at WD50. Uh, Tona did his like really like kind of awesome um, peanut butter washed stuff early on. He did his PB&J stuff at, at WD50. But a lot of that was also being run by their, at the time, pastry chef, Sam Mason, who just kicks all kinds of freaking ass. And he was originally thinking about this. Let me put your mind around. Remember that movie about perfume in the South of France, the perfumer, whatever. The, I actually don't know what it's called, but you remember talking about that? You know what I'm talking about? Liam Neeson? <laughs> Liam Neeson. Did they, did they take his daughter? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And put him in no. a perfume factory? <laughs> which, which Fast and the Furious was this you're talking about? <laughs> I think it was like 12, Fast and the Furious 12, but it was like a prequel. Oh, anyway. Right, right, right. With a perfumery. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was about enfleurage, right? So I think there was murder involved. So enfleurage is an old technique where you take like flower petals, you embed it in fat, and then you wash, you put alcohol on the fat. So that was kind of the old school way that you would get delicate flavors like flowers. And Sam Mason was reading about enfleurage because of this famous perfume, like 
I don't know, fiction crap and like movie. I don't know, man. I don't consume fiction. Uh, so then he's, he started doing fat washing uh, along with the folks at WD-50 and Don at around the same time. So that was how it happened. So it definitely didn't happen at a golf tournament a year ago. <laughs> Wait, so uh, just, to, just to ask one more question on, on the technique itself. The idea is you do it with fat because then you can then later easily remove the fat. You can separate the fat back from the alcohol easily. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. And the alcohol is a alcohol is good at absorbing flavors out of fat. You could do it with glycerin probably too, but I mean, it's glycerin. You know? <laughs> and then in the enflorage model, the fat plays a part because fat is also good at absorbing whatever from flowers. Like what does the fat play into that part? Yeah, fat's total middleman in that situation. So the fat is taking the flavor out of like the flower petals without having to heat it. So they would have these like giant flat things and they would they would wipe the fat down and then they would shove all the flower petals into the fat in these big trays, get huge amount of surface area contact, which is how Tona actually used to do the peanut butter. And then, uh, then they would have to get it back out of the fat into a liquid, but they wanted to do it without heat. So it was all a very expensive technique to get fancy perfume flavors for fancy people with a lot of money. Okay. How long does that process take to uh, like, whatever you want to say, say infuse flavor. Somebody once told me as they were explaining peanut butter washing to me that they literally just poured bourbon over a sheet tray of peanut butter. That's how Tona used to do it. Like, I don't like he, he used to let it sit for a long time. And like, I have a, I have like this issue with seeing liquor poured into like very shallow things because my mind is like evaporation, evaporation, evaporate. I lose my mind. So I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's the best <laughs> technique in the world, I won't ever do it. You know what I mean? So like, I just mix it up and then let it settle or, you know, or I, you know, use a centrifuge. Although it can be difficult. The problem with peanut butter is peanut butter isn't just fat. Peanut butter is fat plus things. So when you mix it up, it always gets cloudy. Whereas the way Tona did it, which is was flat on big cheat trays, it would stay clear because he never kind of mixed it in. That's why he needed that kind of big surface area, but it's triggering for me, so I can't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, <clears throat> the reason why I wanted to bring this up is not just an amazing go-back-in-time history lesson about some of my favorite people on the planet, was to get your opinion on this. So it's a little bit like, even though I hate the example the devil wears Prada with a cerulean-dressed thing where... Decisions were made before someone even realized that decision was theirs. Are cooks and people in the industry today supposed to know the history or is it plagiarism? I had this argument with somebody. I had this argument with somebody recently. And I know that even back in the day, right? Like long time ago, like, you know, like early Sambar, Noodle Bar, like WD, already you guys, like, you know, generation was saying, Oh my God, no one here has, no one knows who the Trogro brothers are, right? And all this. And so there's like a loss of of history from like the 60s, 70s, 80s, right? When people were coming up in the early 2000s. Now there's even kind of a loss of what was going on in the 2000s. And I think you can look at it two different ways, right? So I think anytime uh, you can learn about history. I think it makes you smarter, but I think also like as a community, we're still at the point where a lot of people see that history and don't think of it as their history because, you know, they weren't a part of it. They're people that they're like, weren't a part of it. And so there's kind of a conscious rejection of that as being the thing to mine history. Our current restaurant history isn't necessarily an inclusive history to mine. And so I think it's kind of been 
shoved aside a little bit. And I think that can be both good and bad. I think there's, you know, two sides to, to that coin. The people who are doing things now are disconnected from all the crap that was happening in the 2000s. So they don't really care to them. It's not plagiarism. It's just another technique. It doesn't matter to them, right? The things that mattered to me, mattered to you, mattered to Wiley in 2005 just don't matter to someone who's in their 20s now. Uh, so like, you know, they don't care who came up with it first as long as the technique is good, I think. Well, I mean, let me play devil's advocate here. I, I think that um, I don't exactly know where I would... Like, I had no idea where fat washing comes from. I, I didn't know the exact stories of that. So there's not, it's not as obvious. We talk about this too, like copyright, right? So let me play, let's, let's, let's uh, play a little game here. So next year, I think the copyright will run out on Mickey Mouse. Yeah. The <laughs> original, no, whoa, 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 the original whoa, whoa. Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse. Steamboat Willie. Will yeah, enter yeah, yeah, yeah. the public domain. So anybody can riff on Steamboat Willie. What does that look like in the culinary world? Like, when does when does something go from when does fat washing become so prevalent that it's no longer really owned by one entity or person? It, there is no legal thing. It's literally just like, are people going to laugh at you if you do it? Right. But so, so like, in like, your minds, how long? You know, do do we could anybody here say who invented the technique of velveting shrimp? Which Chinese cook invented that? Oh yeah, nobody. Yeah, it's the thing. Nobody, nobody, so, nobody knows. You know what I mean? And now it's, but now it's a question of, yeah. Look, the only thing that can, the only thing is that you get laughed out of your own industry. Like the time, I think Dave, you might have been involved in this. You went down to Australia. Someone, this is like early days when you know, like not all the blogs and all this crap were working yet, and. Someone went to Australia, someone, someone from Australia came to the US, went to all of the places that were pushing cool stuff out, WD, Alinea, okay. like all these places, went back and clowned it, just freaking did it, said that they did it, and didn't realize that the rest of the world w was going to call them out. Copy right? WD, copy right. Alinea. It was like the best of modern gastronomy from America. That's right. Yeah. Straight rip. Straight rip. And... But the thing is, is that like, it's not that that was illegal. It's just they were trying to play in a field where they were going to get destroyed if they did that. And that's what happened. I think while it's a different generation, I think if you care, if you want to be great, it behooves you to know what the fuck happened and who did it to the best of your abilities and to ask. And it's either you care or you don't care in this business. And I, I it just bothers me that how this fat washing, this one technique of it's great technique. There's thousands of great techniques. Many of them were invented in this era. Get lost. And I think it's simply because the default setting is, ah, I just care about that. It works and it's delicious. I think that's one of the reasons why everything sort of tastes the same and is the same. We just don't even know what, what came before it. Yeah. So. I mean, I think if the people are still alive and like around that, I always think it makes you a better person. And I mean, better, like, not like it, like karma sense, but like literally just makes you better at your job and makes you seem smarter. If you tip your hat to wherever you get an, an idea from, because then it allows someone to see what you're doing as part of a larger group of things as well. I think it's never harmful to say where ideas come from. I think it's always helpful. Well, well here's where I, I strongly agree. I think that it makes you, even if it's not about, I want to be, it's not about integrity. Or it's not about being a better person. I do think knowing it 
makes you better at your job. And this doesn't just apply to food, right? Because what you're describing, what you guys are describing exists in every single sort of creative or not creative uh, field, right? This exists in tech. This exists in like, who invented the Eurostep? Do I, like, do I cite Manu Ginobili every time I, I do this move in basketball? Does, did every artist who used Chiaroscuro after Leonardo da Vinci like ref, refer to it? But I think what you're talking about here is if you understand where it came from, and you, and more importantly, and, and just as importantly, if you understand why it works, which I think a lot of people don't understand, like that is going to make you better at employing that thing. Even if your if your attendance is just straight up rip it off, if you know where it came from, you will be well, better I, at using I'll it. I'll tell you this: I can't speak for any other business, but I feel like I've gotten to know most of the great chefs. Many, I would say, a good chunk of the great greatest chefs of our generation. There's not one fucking chef that's amazing that isn't inquisitive or doesn't want to know why or how. They're just not, it's just not going to happen. So if you want to be fucking middle mediocre, be my guest. Take credit for all this shit. Hey, speaking of mediocre. (laughs) I can't wait for the next part of this sentence. Like I was talking to someone and they didn't know the term. I was thinking I was talking to, maybe it was Mark Forgione. I forget, right? Uh, And uh, they didn't know shoemaker as being like a chef who's like just mediocre. And I was like, I don't like that anyway, because I think making shoes really hard. Like I like making a good pair of shoes, you yeah. know, difficult. Yeah. You know, I, but do people I, not so call people shoemakers you, anymore? You think that I go off the <laughs> That's some crazy shit. Can we, can I be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be real. The only person I've ever heard say shoemaker is Dave Chang. Like that's the only person I've ever heard use that. And every time you've said it, I've been like, yeah, yeah, I totally know what that is. And I'm just like, don't know what that is he's talking about. But that's a thing. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a ham and egg. You're a shoe, shoemaker. Mm-hmm. Also, what's wrong with a ham and egg sandwich? Delicious. <laughs> can we do, can, okay, so I, I, I wanted to do a little more audience service here because I have a, a few more questions. Just going back to the idea of fat washing and, and running into these moments. Not necessarily, I don't want to ask you, Dave Arnold, necessarily about where these came from. But there are a lot of terms you see on menus that just get bandied about and you kind of just have to absorb them and do what I, what I do when Dave says shoemaker and just pretend like you know what he's talking about. You know that moment you see a menu and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, of course I know what that ingredient is. I'm, I'm a sophisticated person. Uh, half the time I think like a, half the time on an like Italian menu, I think it's a pasta that it comes out <laughs> some cured meat or something. Uh, I mean, you're okay either way. So as long as it doesn't really matter, yeah, right? It's a win-win. It's a win-win. <laughs> exactly. No, that's that's literally the game I play where I'm just like, I don't know what this is, but I'm probably going to win. When you see, okay, let's let's stick to the world of, of uh, cocktails. You will occasionally see something that says an edible cloud. What, oh, what, God. What are we talking about here? What? Are they, look, Here's the thing. Are they talking about like a very light foam? They're probably talking about a very, very light foam. Okay. It has become the signifier for cinema and TV that they're eating at some fancy, stupid restaurant. Yes. Right? So, And they're like making some kind of foam dish. So can you explain the, give me the pro of 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 a light foam thing. Like explain why foam, the much maligned foam can be great or, or not. Don't get us started on foam, dude. <laughs> you just opened Pandora's box. We haven't done this. Way since, to we go. haven't done this since Way Lucky Peach go. Days. I want to hear this. No. Come no, on, we got to pass. We cannot talk about foam. And no, <laughs> you're going to give, you're going to give them a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, okay. Listen, 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 listen on foam. <sighs> Everything's a foam. 
Yeah, yeah. Not only that, like the thing is, is it like it's all freaking air, right? It's all air. So like you're adding like a texture, you're adding like a freaking texture to the top of it. And like 9.9 times out of 10, like the liquid that they're making it out of either doesn't have enough flavor. So you're like, this is just shit that's sticking to my fucking face. Or it's like, it dies before it gets you or it's weird or it's tastes like poison. So like, why do I want like a separate flavor? Sometimes it's great. Like I've had really good foams. But it's like in general, like it's not, I mean, you know, my style though, my style in drinks when I'm making them is like zero of that, you know, like zero of that. But that said, people serve me drinks with foam on it. I'm fine. The lighter the foam, i.e. the bigger the bubbles in the foam and the less stuff there is and the more air is in it stands to reason it has less flavor, right? Because only air that is really poisonous has flavor, right? So it's like, uh, it, you know, it's it's the liquid that has flavor. So, so if you're, if you're so, tasting the air, you're in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'll tell you another one. Here's one I don't get at all. At all. They're literally uh, sodium lauryl sulfate, right? Of course. SLS soap bubble foams now in cocktails. No. 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 <laughs> lauryl sulfate lauryl is lauryl. the ingredient in shampoo, right? That's that's literally yeah, what shampoo yeah. is made of. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Dave, guess Dave's what? So guess mad what that it I brought doesn't. Into foam world. We gotta get guess what it's, hold on. Hold on. Guess what, that, guess what that ingredient does not taste good. Does not taste good. So, like, why do I want a bubble bath on the top of my drink? Why do I need a bubble on the top of my drink that you can slice and get like soap in my eye and soap residue? Hey, do you remember back when someone would hand you a glass and they hadn't? like dishwashed it properly and there'd be soap residue on it and it would destroy the taste of the white wine in it. And you get real bent when that happened. Hasn't that ever happened to you? Like, why would you purposely put soap onto a drink? I just don't understand. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that a real thing that people are putting? Stop. <laughs> hey, if it tastes good, do it, man. If it tastes good and you like it, do it. Atomizers. What is atomizing? It's a fucking spray. It's yeah, just spray. putting it. In, is it any different than putting it's it in like a Windex spray. bottle and just spraying it? It's exactly that. Although usually it's like a little fancier looking thing. Look, that has a place. So like, uh, if you just want the aroma of something on top, it's a lot more. Or in the inside of a glass, like it's a lot more efficient than um, like rinsing and throwing away the booze, right? So like, it's it's a it's kind of a, a way to do a rinse. It's also a way to dose things in kind of small things that need to be misted, for instance, essential oils. I don't happen to use that technique, but that is a valid thing that people can do. So if you think about it, like the equivalent of that, that like the standard bartending is to take a, a an orange peel and express it or a grapefruit peel and express it over the top of a drink and it atomizes the oil onto the top of the of the drink and gives a real aroma. So that's, you know, that's a real thing. So then they're just, you know, mechanizing that with a mister. So that's all. Mm -hmm. So atomizing is just a fancy word of saying squirting. You're squirting something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) A fine, a fine squirt. It's a fine squirt. It's a mist. Right. I guess I understand why they say atomized and not not finely squirted with something. That makes, that makes more sense. Atomized, atomized is like pretty hokey because you're like, you're not literally taking it down into like atom sized particles. You'd be like, you know, that's yeah, whatever. It's, 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 it's goofy. It's a goofy term. Let me ask you guys both one from the food front. Here's a word that I see with 
shocking, shocking frequency on menus these days. When people say something is embered, does that bum you oh, out? What the hell does that mean? Man, what the fuck? What does Only that even San mean? Francisco. No, it's everywhere. Embered. What does that even mean? That's my question. What would that mean? Give me a possible actual meaning of that. It means nothing, but I would assume it's just putting something into coals. Yeah. Just like burying something or, in coals or, or, or something? like they take bencho can and they, you know, sear the fish or some bullshit like that. Yeah, but is it a very low heat situation? Like it's in like a, like embers, like right? Ash. So this is another one that just means nothing, right? Embered something or other. Embered. Do they brush? Do they brush the wood out of the when they're done? Do they brush the ash off, or do they serve it to you with ash all over it? Because I want ash. If it says embered, I want ash. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be real, I think that it's probably just a fancy word for grilled at this point. I mean, if you're grilling over embers, you're an idiot. <laughs> if you're grilling over embers, you're an idiot. You think I have hard opinions? <laughs> You're an idiot if you grill over embers. You're an idiot. Hey, hey, hey Dave, stop, stop, stop. Uh, this, uh, what are your thoughts about food media and every food influencer using the word fruit, uh, flavor profile? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just what, like. What's dumber? What's dumber? Molecular gastronomy or flavor profile? Go. You have two, two minutes. <laughs> Molecular gastronomy because it affects me more. Like that affects me more. So like, like I hate that more. It should just be gastronomy. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Food. Uh, or like, yeah, or, or yeah, right. What, what does this shit taste like? Right. <laughs> so like, what does that profile. shit taste like? Yeah. All right, let me go back. I'm, I'm not saying that indirect heat is bad. I don't want to hear, have any haters saying that like, I don't believe that indirect heat is, is but whatever. Oh, we got all the embers. So I'm glad you cleared that right up. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not saying that indirect heat right is bad i'm saying like if you're actually cooking any amount of stuff and you're you have dying embers and you know unless you're in some sort of retained heat masonry situation where you have a shitload of retained heat and you're cooking only with the dying stuff you have no extra juice available if you need to ramp it up a second it's just a bullshit way to operate so mad at these people these theoretical ember grillers well do you disagree with me though (laughs) no i mean you're obviously right it's just like the passion is astounding we have we have two more things we wanted to play. Dave's got one game he wants to play that he thinks is going to take uh, is really going to take you down a rabbit hole. Mm. And I got I got one more thing on the drink thing before we move. move go move go on. on the drink thing because I think that this drink I, I'm I'm appreciating the, the. You've been driving the car this whole time anyway. <laughs> I'm appreciating this listener service. I'm just curious Flav- flavor profile. What? <laughs> this is this hey, is him Dave, taking what, this is him taking a veiled shot at me. <laughs> what do you use? What do you utilize to get the flavor profile that you desire when you're doing molecular gastronomy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I just say for journalists that use the word flavor profile, they're journalists. They just say flavor. Why do they have to use I like, profile? I like flavor profile in in the same way you would use the term racial profile. Like, yeah. I can flavor profile you. I pro- flavor profile you as kind of like a white oh, bread man. and cheese kind of guy. <laughs> mm. oh, <laughs> flavor profiling. Yeah. What, yeah. You could just say, hey, what's the flavor of that? You don't have to say, what's the flavor profile of that? <laughs> it's fucking stupid. No, flavor profiling is like when I used to walk into the pho shop in San Francisco and the guy would say, oh, number one large for big guy. <laughs> 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 that was flavor uh, profiling, man. Uh, all right, question. What is everybody's, let's say you're walking into a bar that you've never been to, 
just an anonymous middle of the road bar. What is your go-to cocktail order and why? Bourbon neat because they can't fuck it up. <laughs> that you too. A beer. <laughs> yeah, they can't fuck that. They up. They can't fuck it up. I'm a I'm a gin gin rocks guy. What if what is your what is your Dave used to say this used to say like the test of a hotel was room service was club sandwich. What is your bar test? Now you you trust the bar to try something. What How is, is anyone going to make a good club sandwich? <laughs> Right. Unless they're unless they're set up to they, make it already, like how what, are they going to make a good club sandwich? As probably the smartest person we've ever had on this show, we have still never answered this uh, problem. Is a <laughs> double decker sandwich is a regular sandwich, right? Two pieces of bread. Shouldn't that be considered a double decker sandwich? Because you have a tartine, you know, you just have one slice. You have a Welsh rarebit. That's just a single. That's a, that's a that's a but that's a canoe. What, yeah, but what, there are. Uh, uh, it's funny because this what's crazy about this, Jake, is when we debated this for hours, it was about, we were thinking about buses, and he's thinking about boats. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's the whole difference between us and Dave Arnold. <laughs> it works the same, right? It's one yeah, yeah. fucking layer. Shouldn't we call yeah. a regular sandwich a double deckered sandwich? I don't have I don't know. Right? So what do, you, what, what do you call what do you call the three slices of bread situation? Yeah. Triple decker. Triple there's decker. three slices of bread. One, two, three. Because there's rooftop it's seating. Been- if you want to put something on top, you can sit on the roof. <laughs> See, this, this is why burgers, burger terminology makes more sense because you just call it out by how many patties it has. Mm. Like regardless of whether or not you put that third like like weird middle bun in. It's still double if there's two patties. No one's going to be like, "That's not a double burger." There's two. There's two fucking patties. <laughs> burger t- burger terminology makes more sense. He, do- he doesn't even know. He doesn't. He's this, this, is, this is some filibuster. This right? is he not possible. You cannot answer. Wait, wait. Keep him up. What was, it, what was the question? Give me the question again. If a if a double. Oh, what do I order at a bar? If I, oh, wait, are we going to double? <laughs> which question no, no, no. am I not answering? Right, answer answer the 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 test of a bar. Like what is your? Let me see what these guys got. What kind of game they? Uh, got? There's a, there's there's a number of tests, right? Uh, a really good one's a daiquiri. See how good their daiquiri is, right? Because it's it doesn't have a lot of like crazy ingredients, uh, and so like you can really see kind of what their skill is at making like a standard shaking cocktail. The daiquiri, a Manhattan is a is a good one on on stirred. Um, and it's just going to see how their general kind of you know, kind of preparation is I don't like ordering like goofball crap because that's not a real test. Like don't go in and try to throw someone like a Ramos gin fizz, which is a terrible drink anyway. And like a lot of people love it, but like, I mean, I don't really want, I know Dave probably hates like uh, uh flower water in his, in his beverages, right? If you hate Turkish taffy, then you have to hate, like you have to hate all of those Turkish flower taffy, waters. Also Tur- delight. Locum. <laughs> Turkish. Yeah. Oh, locum. No. You hate, you hate it, right? I don't. I, I don't like anything. He hates rose water. I don't yeah. like. I like rose water in Indian desserts. I hate it outside of it. Anything else? I don't like any. I don't like orange water too much. Orange flower water. I don't like rose. I don't like rose. I don't like flower water too much. That's not my thing. Anyway, uh, but don't order something goofy like a like a Ramos. Um, you know, what's it Ramos? It's like it's like gin, and I have to look at the spec. It's like gin and like cream and like all this crap and you have to seltzer water and like flower water and you got to shake it forever. And like, it's supposed to be shaken for like, you know, minutes at a time. It's, 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 I don't, it's over watery, like creamy gin thing. 
You know what I mean? And so it's like, why do I need that in my life? I but don't. Fizzy. Dave makes strong drinks. And I will tell you, at the back when we had Booker and Dax, I would see many, many I've seen many things over the years in terms of dates. But <laughs> but I will tell you, man, like Dave's drinks are very strong. Two drinks and you're good. <laughs> you're good to go. I mean, we had to tell Dave, like, you got to fucking make these drinks not as potent because people are leaving after a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Dave, so I thought you were the... Dave, I thought you were the master of the of the uh, burn and turn, burn and turn. Yeah, I know. Get him to drink I, it. I, get I, out. I, I, I did, but they were they were they're very strong. A lot of it was, I think, they were carbonated. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, we used to get a lot of people like 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 bang 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 gone, gone. bang bang bang. So yeah, many gone. people would go on the. This what is was also happening? the beginning of like a uh, Tinder. Right. So people, so I would I was like, what is that? I had no idea because, and they would start to meet up there all the time. I was like, oh my God, Booker and Dax became the place to get shit faced on your first right. meetup. <laughs> so, the, so you're, so let me paint a picture of people. People were coming in. Yeah, they, they, were, they were coming in, ordering two drinks and being like, we got to get out of here and have sex right now. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Let's yes. get out of this place. But, but also like we were, we were <laughs> fast. Like, so you you could, didn't even order any food. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could have your two drinks in like 10 minutes. Yes. It's so fast. It's so fast. So much of it. <laughs> this is only a problem for you guys. Everyone else is super happy. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it was bad. I, I just had never seen anything like that. Like, it was legitimately a place where people would go for online dating. It was we the meetup We spot. had this happen. This happened. People came, two different groups of people came in for their Tinder dates, right? At the same time. They sat down. They, they had cocktails. Both groups had cocktails. Then realized they were with the wrong Tinder groups. <laughs> Swapped. Had another cocktail and then left and did whatever they were going to tender. Yeah. This is, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it ha- it, that was like, I felt like we ran some kind of sex club. <laughs> you know? It was really weird. That was a sexy bar, though, I will say. It was a sexy bar. We had one table, Gamma, that was legitimately the suck face table. Like, anyone we put there, it didn't matter who it was. It could have been, I'm like, just... Dick Cheney was there and they all would be kissing. It was wild. Because... One drink, you're feeling great. Two drinks, you're like, I am fucked up. <laughs> and that was me. Three drinks, you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are coming the bar question. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the bar question. So like the, the, if, if, if you, that, like if ordering a daiquiri, like no bartender is ever going to get mad if you order a daiquiri because they also like a daiquiri. Right. But like what I like to do if I really want to see what some place is doing is I'll read the menu. I'll try to figure out like what it is that they seem to be interested in. And then I'll choose something sometimes that I'm like, that might be a train wreck. And then I will order the train wreck. And if the train wreck is delicious, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Right. If you order something that's obviously slam dunk delicious on paper and they mess it up, then you're like, oh, well, you kind of really blow, but. So, so I, you'll, either you you'll order trust something. them after that to go further into the into the wilderness. I guess it depends on how you depends on how you feel about them. And like I like to go. You know how like a lot of bartenders. There's been a lot of bartender Twitter where like everyone hates on someone saying you choose, you choose, right? Like you, you've heard all this, all this like bartender backlash about customers who ask bartenders to. I mean, I've seen choice. what I've seen what some food media outlets uh, say as a backlash. Yes. Yeah. Right. This trend I, on the other hand, like, like I like walk up to people and I'm like, what is it? What is it that you, you know, 
on the menu now that you're interested in that I should try if I've never fucking been here and I'm never going to fucking come here again. Right. And that shouldn't be an offensive thing to ask somebody. Right. This it should is, be this, like, okay, I've never fucking been here. Uh, Ching, have you seen what he's talking about? So there's, a, there's been a bunch of pieces lately, both in bars and in restaurants where supposedly the new etiquette is don't ask the server or the bartender, like for a recommendation. Wait, what? I've been, I have been not, I haven't been on social media much, right? Like, I'm like, this on is a, the, like uh, Dave Arnold is talking about this. Like there's pieces, there's trend pieces that say, you know, it's not cool or it's impolite or it's dumb to ask a bartender. Who the fuck is writing this? <laughs> I don't know. But how am I supposed to know? Like I went to Binghamton, New York, right? And so like this thing they have in Binghamton is the speedy sandwich. That's what they have in Binghamton. They've got a university. They have the speedy sandwich and nothing else, right? So I went to like the speedy place and I'm like, I've never been here before. How am I supposed to order the fucking speedy? You know what I mean? And if they can't tell a, a, a someone who's not from there what the traditional thing is, what the fuck? Same with a bar. Like if you have a program that has meaning, telling me that everything is delicious or saying that I'm an asshole for asking you like what it is that you're kind of known well, I don't for think that it's I the should actual, try. I don't actually think it's the restaurant or bar who is saying this. I think it's a very small number of people who are maybe saying that and they're not actually the I, I don't understand why, why are articles getting mad about it? Well, what's to get mad? Why? Because somebody has to spend thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll, they'll interview a bartender and the bartender will say, I hate this. Or it's, it's kind of like when you like, in an industry I don't understand, like they're like, you know, a flight attendant will open a Diet Coke for you, but they hate it because it foams too much. So it's supposed to be some insider knowledge of what not to do when you show up at a bar or restaurant. I always, that's my challenge. Just, you know how I challenge a bartender? That's my challenge. Like to see if they're good. Dealer's choice. You fucking do it. You right. That's just why, like, you know, like craft is great and everything, but I hate choice. Why do I yeah. want to go to a place that's forcing me to choose a bunch of things? Just you choose, like, I just don't want gin or something like that. Fucking go. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like the first time I went to Salmon. You're like, I was like, how about everything? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's and I really, did. I gave you everything. It's it, if there's <laughs> yeah. whatever the bartender that's interviewed for that story, like just that's not about <laughs> customers asking that question. That to me is just somebody who doesn't like what they do. As like, if you're, if you're a partner who likes what you do or are proud of certain drinks or you're a cook who's proud of certain dishes or enjoys making certain dishes, why would you not want the question of, hey, give me a recommendation, even if it's just, I like making this thing. I just like making this thing and I want to make this one. Yeah, what, what are you excited about now? What, what's going on? Like, I hear great things about this place and I want to like, you know, I'm, I can only have a couple of drinks, man, and I want to kind of make sure that I hit some high points here or that I understand what your program is like. That's... They should be happy that you care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I've, I've seen that, that same piece a number of times and I think it's just the dumbest advice to tell people don't ask for recommendations. I think the best advice is stop reading this stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, like, you don't put dogs on the menu, but there definitely are things on the menu that are there only for a select group of people. You know what I'm saying? And so, like... Like it's okay to have something good that's polarizing and then steer people away. Like we had drinks at both bars that were polarizing. And so if someone orders it, I'm like, do you really like Fino Sherry a lot? You know, do you, do you, do you love lavender outside of the bathroom? You know what I mean? Like, so like, and it's okay to have those on, but like just to say, oh, everything's great. Just order some random crap and I hope you like it. Goodbye. You know what I mean? It's like, I got one more thing before I want to get into my game. 
And Chris and I were there recently. We, 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 we wrapped up filming a TV show when it was like the rap shoot and we're drinking and I left the, the shoot, the, the, the bar it was an open bar because I hated every drink that was on the menu. I was like, what the fuck? Like, just give me something simple. Mm-hmm. Everything had like 24 ingredients. Every drink took forever. You couldn't get a fucking free drink because every drink took forever. Mm-hmm. It was maddening. And I'm never going back. Here, here, I had a good question uh, at, an on event, that. at an event, you have to do pump and dump. Every event should be pump and dump only. This was, yeah. So, etiquette question though. If you go to one of these bars, these cocktail bars where you have a very specific menu... Uh-huh. Uh, of very complicated, very ludicrous drinks. Is it bad form to just to order what you want? <laughs> that's not like just if you want a Manhattan. If you well, they, want, I, they can't even make it. They, that's the thing, right? Are they not yeah. equipped to make it if they're only equipped to sort of whip whip mango? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking there's a, a, a strong overlap between these kinds of bars and being asked this question. No wonder they had that question. It's like, I hate, I yeah. hate making these drinks as well. <laughs> they interviewed this bartender. He's like, I hate all of these drinks. Yeah. <laughs> there are a very few bars that, um, you know, aren't really set up for you to order whatever you want. But they're pretty rare. You know what yeah. I mean? And like in those places, like when you're going or you're getting like an omakasa at a bar, which is a thing some places, then yeah, like, you know, you get what you get and you, you can get upset later. You know what I mean? But it's like, uh, but m- unlike restaurant, it used to be if you went into a high, high end restaurant in like back in the day, they were expected to make anything too. No one expects that anymore. So, but bars are still expected to basically make whatever you want. You're not mm. expected to have every liquor, right? So, you know, if someone's, you know, we didn't have uh, Tito's. So people would call Tito's out all the time. We're like, <sighs> We don't have Tito's. So then, like, people get like real mad that let's you don't have Tito's. Let's not go down that road. Let's not. <laughs> I'm not anti Tito's. We just didn't have it. So, like, it's okay to not have a call at a bar. <laughs> I, I, I have to drive this car because Chris is driving it off the road. <laughs> I just got a lot. I'm literally drunk driving right now. <laughs> we'll take a break. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. So... I wasn't thinking we were going to do a top five today with Dave, but I was driving and I thought to myself, I have um, these thoughts. I was like, 
what do I what 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 do I like more? A mango or, or an orange, right? It's like a perfect mango and a perfect orange, right? I was like, mm. wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Perfect. When you say orange, are you including mandarins or not? Yes. Okay. Right. That makes it more difficult. Yeah. Because mandarins are more. Yeah. I don't know. So like, I think that the orange is not that I believe in a God, but it is like the most perfectly designed fruit, right? Because it's all organized and it's self-packaged. It's great. Good to, uh, Chris, eat out of hand. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a morning fruit. And then the mango though, perfectly ripe mango. And there's so many varieties. They're, you, they're just too, too juicy. Mm-hmm. But I would the, say there's more variance in mangoes. Yeah but they're both fucking awesome. Like the best version of that. So for me, I was like, huh, I bet you everyone has their own top five list. If you had to theoretically get rid of all the fucking fruits and you could only keep five, what would they be? I'll tell you what it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be an Asian pear. Even though you said that that was better than a European pear, you said that they- that That's they, why I wanted you to, this is why I wanted to do this with you, Dave. I, I want everybody to know that Dave Chang said that that like the crunchy pear, the crunchy watery pear that, that I don't know what people call it now. It used to be called an Asian pear. That's a terrible name. What do they call it now? Apple pear. They don't call it a sa- it's an apple, apple pear. pear. Yeah. You know what the other term is? It's even worse. Sand pear. That's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Something I, I would buy a sand pear <laughs> if I'm being really honest. I but it, 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 it really is better than your European pears. We'll get to that's, that in a second. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> That doesn't make any goddamn sense. See? See what happens when I'm driving the car, Chris? Jesus Christ. We get straight to the point. The guy in the backseat loses his fucking mind. So so I was like, huh, I bet you that Dave's top five, number one, is an apple. Let's let's, let's hear it. Let's hear the list. Fruits to keep. So like the problem is, is that like I come from temperate fruit land, right? So if I had access to like the the best mangosteens in the world, I would probably just eat them all the time. You know what I mean? Like, but like the mangosteens we get here is shit. The entire experience is calculated for me. Mangosteens get too messy. You're so concerned with messiness with fruit. It's hard to eat. And it tastes like, a, it feels like a ball sack. <laughs> all right, can we, okay. Let's, let's play the game you want to play. It top, does. Top like, it does. Top five most testicular fruit. Top five, <laughs> top five fruits. Dave okay. Arnold. Well, so the, the question is: is like most important to me? Number one is obviously the apple. Like for me, like he, lifetime. Hold on. He scoffed at it when I told him you would probably say apple. He's like, I, I mean, it's I, super I think important. Apple is an important fruit. I mean, I think that you know. Uh, <laughs> really actually, you like I think Daniel Hawthorne was an apor- important author. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought you were going to say Hawth- I thought you were going to say Hawthorne's were an important fruit. I'm like, I like Hawthorne's <laughs> like like the next guy, but I mean, it's like nowhere near the top. I mean, you know what I mean? Apple number one. Uh, it's just it has a lot of meaning one. for me. I, if I'm just saying, how like, many varieties of apple have you consumed? Me personally, yes. I don't know, thousand. Yeah, varieties. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's probably tasted every variety of pear out there. Hmm. So he should know. So he should fucking know. 
that the Asian bear is the fucking one pair to rule them all. You should know that. No, you like here's 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 what everyone here's what what you're basically saying is that texture is the most important thing. No, you're like you just haven't like, had want, a great one. It's okay. I, I say the same thing for you about like a real like honest to god pair. What's the best pair of rattles? You know what that is? Boring. <laughs> the best pair that. The best pair you can buy. Yes. The best pair you can buy. Yes, the best. The best pair. pair you can regularly buy on the American market is Comis, and they have to be like, uh, they have to be like perfect. What's the so best like, pair you can buy a, on the dark web <laughs> or wherever you? I don't know if you can. I don't know. I don't know if you can go buy. It. You got to go have someone that you have to go get someone that uh, that has the. Uh, I forget what's the name of the one that. There's a burr pair that I really love. I forget the name of it because you can't buy them. So they're not like on the top of, uh, top of my, my head. But Comis is the one that, but the, the, the reason why pairs suck so badly is that they're only good for like a half hour. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like they're, they're crap, they're crap, they're crap, they're crap. They're perfect. And then they're over the hill. Like they're, and, and they're hard because they don't ripen on the tree. So you have to buy them in a shit state, but like when they're almost correct and then like get them correct. And then they're kind of a, they're kind of a heartache that way. You know what I mean? So I think I accurately predicted Apple one pair two. I mean, I like pair, but in terms of like the best, like I've had like passion fruits that are, I love passion fruit, but like, do you like passion fruit when it's musky, when it's like all kind of weird animally? No. No. <laughs> I like passion fruit. A lot of people find it polarizing. I like it, but I wouldn't. For me, it's not part of the top five fruits because that's you, one of that's one of Nastasia's favorite. Yeah, fruits because right but you can't eat it like pomegranate. You can't eat it. That's too much work for me. I love okay. passion fruit flavor. <laughs> I don't quite. I don't quite understand. You're you're you love to just crack open a passion fruit and just slurp up. The I'll tell you. Alien I'll, I'll tell you a story. Inside. I'll tell you a story. So the only passion fruits, most people in the United States, all we get is that one passion fruit, that little like kind of like purple blackish thing. It's like, you know, a little ball. And that's the only passion fruit we know. There's like zillions of passion fruits, right? So anyway, and they're expensive typically. So uh, a supermarket that I went to, I was pretty young at the time, mislabeled them instead of uh, $2 each, they labeled it as $2 a pound and they had no weight. So I bought them all. And the and the the lady at the market was like, "Well, that was a mistake." I'm like, "I don't care. I'm buying them all at the price that you wrote down." And I walked home with a giant sack of passion fruit. A giant and sack. I just, a ball, giant uh, ball sack. Ball sack. Ball say. sack. And I, and I I just <laughs> ate them all. It's like I went to I went to Panama with Andy Ricker and bought a 50 pound sack of mangosteens and ate them all. <laughs> I mean. You could just say bag. Not to be a sack every time you buy fruit, man. <laughs> Trying to kill me over here. Who buys fruit in a bag? It's a sack. All right, finish your top five. Give us your top five, and I'll show you mine. Can I tell you the one that? Can I tell you one that I'm always disappointed by, but I love it. It's never tastes as good as I want it to. I, raspberries are never as good as I want them to be. But when they're good, mm -hmm. we're talking about the we're talking about the ideal ideal version of each of these. So. Top Down five. by you, Harry's berries. Yeah, Harry's berries. Harry's berries, strawberry. I had that strawberry, and it ruined all of the strawberries. Yeah, as, as like it, that. As it like should. That. But you still haven't had Japanese perfect fruit strawberry. Uh, I've had some of their perfect grapes. They're nuts. They're the Japanese perfect grapes are crazy on point. But like, but I would be dead if it weren't for limes. 
So like, if, if, so if I had to save to, limes or lemons, who are you saving? Lime. Yes. <laughs> lemon is a lemon wishes it could grow up to be a lime. We had uh, the, this this five, six foot seven giant that is not athletically gifted guy named you know who said lemons all day long, and I'm just so happy that the three of us are all on team uh, lime. What is well, the- first of all, how could anyone say lemon? <laughs> What is, what is your top? I'll tell five? you. I'll tell you. What I was like, I'll tell you a quick story about lemons. So Fuck. you know, you know, you know, Difference Guide. You know, Difference Guide. They're like the English kind of UK like spirits guide folk. Anyway, so they were like, what are the most popular things ingredients? And they did it based on the number of recipes with that ingredient. And so lemon came out on top. And I was like, this is bu- this is bullshit. And I sent it out to like bartender friends. I'm like. How much lemon juice do you use a night and how much lime juice do you use tonight? Because that's the only thing that matters, right? What are you actually pouring? Everyone's like, oh, lime, by a lot. We use li- more lime by a lot because you know why? Lime juice tastes better. Lime juice makes things taste better. There are things that lemon juice is better for, like brown spirits and whatnot. But lime is just a superior thing. I would not, I could not survive without limes. Yeah. Well, it's just self-evident that's all i wanted to put out there that yeah, lime, so limes, limes. limes might be a, limes might be on top because like it is the fruit that if you got rid of limes the rest of my culinary game would be very severely challenged like bar and culinary game yeah. so even though like you don't eat them straight a lot uh without limes everything is ruined there's any Republican senators listening who want to stall a vote on the federal budget. I've got your guy here. <laughs> just fucking <laughs> filibuster for fucking hours. What is your top five I think fruits? you just gave it. Apples, pears, slimes. Apples, pears, limes. You said, mangosteens. You said passion fruit. You said mangosteens. Yeah, those, oh, well, uh, uh, those, those Harry's Berry strawberries right, are That's six. Ridiculous. We'll give them six. Of all. Okay. Mine. This includes all varieties, including Japanese perfect fruit. Right. <laughs> Got a little groan from Dave Arnold over here. <laughs> Just does not agree to the that stipulation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going mango one, orange two, strawberries three, cherries four. Oh, I love cherries. Yeah, I forgot you guys. I forgot about cherries. I forgot. And now I'm cherries. allowed to have them again. So it's like, <laughs> and I put cherries as I once spent three hundred dollars for a box of cherries. There was like twenty four cherries in Japan, and cherries. it was it's like goes marriage to my wife, my two sons, and then the moment I tasted that fucking cherry. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yo, Chang, 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 Chang. Let me ask you this. How is the acidity? I like good acidity in my cherry. Both. It goes acidity and then very sweet. Oh, so it has both, but so it's just like bigger perfect. all around <laughs> flavor. It's a perfect cherry. Dorkiest what was locker the, room talk I've ever heard. Bro, bro, what was the flavor profile of that cherry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end on my fifth. The watermelon. Fuck you, though. Took my watermelon, dude. Why? Uh, watermelon is good. No, watermelon is one no, of the top of the most refreshing you know fruit. Watermelon's great. It's the only food, the only food that I can eat pounds of mm-hmm. and not feel bad. Mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> you mm-hmm. can eat so much watermelon, and you're like, "Well, that was forty calories." Yeah, you can eat so <laughs> much. You can, you can eat, you can eat literally a 10 pound watermelon (laughs) (laughs) just be fine where do you get the best watermelon though because i don't like i don't like okay i don't like when the i don't like that when the flesh gets 
crumbly. It has no Dude, snap no, at all. Like, I, I hate None so many them, pears. Yeah, nothing makes it if we're taking the worst version. I'm seeing the best watermelon. Uh, the flavor profile where in the is United outrageous. States can I get that shit? Where in the United States can I get that shit? I don't know. Just the fucking market. <laughs> it's the top five. Go, go, go. Mango. You copy my shit now. No, I, know you I said this to you in the fucking office. I told you watermelon was on my list. Mango, a perfect peach. I'm mm. a huge fan of the pluot, which Dave's going to accuse me of being a hipster for. The great strawberry. And the and the and my beloved my beloved watermelon, my beloved watermelon. No, ap- of- no, no apricot takers, huh? That's the best dried fruit. So, dude, I had I had these candy cots one time. Adam Goldner introduced me to these Turkmenistani apricots that were uh, probably they're not on my list, but probably one of the best fruits I've ever had in my entire life. But most apricots are horrible. Yes. Like worthless, uh, worthless. Pluot's a recent invention. It's off my list. I love a pluot, no. man. I love a pluot. I got to keep my f- fruit pure. At least, <laughs> you know, <laughs> genetics have to be at least twenty five years old. I am pro. I'm pro mixing. Miscegenate the fruit. Oh, <laughs> what, what's 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 your what's your top re- Wait, most reliable the, what fruit? Though? What's your top most reliable fruit? What? There is none. <laughs> it's an idea made up by racists, so there's Listen, no good term for it. As a racist and a miscegenator, I can say that. <laughs> Just in fruit. He's racist towards fruit. I'm racist no towards fruit. fruit. Yeah. Not toward people. Yeah. Love people. All people. What's the best reliable fruit, though? Oh, interesting. I mean, an apple. Well, no. most apples are garbage, though. I'm oh. going to say this. Most reliable fruit is by far and away a grape. Hmm. Mm, I get some a, ba- a bad grapes okay. A bad grapes okay. But you if, we're, okay if we're talking about consumer reports, reliability index. I write that shit. It's the a fucking most grape. reliable fruit is the fruit. Uh, it has to be, even though you hate it, has to be the fruit where every single one is genetically identical, and that is the banana. That uh, is the most reliable. It's the most fruit. overrated, crappy f- Cavendish motherfucker. <laughs> most- you're, you're anti anti Cavendish, Dave. In I, general, I fucking hate that name. I hate it. Cavendish? Cavendish. Wait, we, can we close with worst five fruits? Durian. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. This might be polarizing, but the, the fig cracks, cracks oh. my list of worst five fruits. Fig whoa, sucks. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fresh fig or dried fig? Because the dried figs are good. Fresh fig. Fresh fig is god awful to me. Fresh fig. It's hard fresh to fig can has I tell problems. You the, um, I believe I have a new theory that was just hatched right now. <laughs> That uh, incubation the, time the, one second. <laughs> that the individual that w- desires to eat an almond joy or a mounds are the same people, exact same fucking serial killer, psychopath motherfuckers that like fig newtons. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa! What's wrong with a fig newton? <laughs> Look at this we almond, look at this almond joy, motherfucker. Yo. You hate Fig Newtons? I hate mounds. <laughs> do you hate all sweet? Do you hate sweet coconut things in general? No, do you my, like those compressed no, coconut bars? No. There's no way you can fucking defend almond joy or mounds. Okay? It's just it's just fucking coconuts and sugar that's dipped in gross, shitty chocolate. All the things you can put in a chocolate bar. We gotta go. That's gross, man. Dave Arnold. Many, many more times we hope to have you on. <laughs> mounds eating motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, you mounds eating motherfucker. If, if, if I may, if I may, folks, Nastasia will murder me if I don't say that we're 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 
we're going to do the next generation of spinzols is going to happen soon. We finally woo. got the factory to build them. So where, where, where do if you need a, if where, you need a centrifuge, if anyone in your audience needs a centrifuge, uh, we're going to launch it on modernist pantry, um, pretty soon next, like, like couple of weeks, but only be, listen, don't go buy a centrifuge and say, what do I need this for? If you know you need it, you should definitely buy it. Cause it's the best one you can buy. But if it's not like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I needed it to spin blood. I'm going to separate so much blood, man. I'm drinking no, plasma. No, no. Date. Are you going to blood dope? I don't see why that's illegal. It's your blood. <laughs> Are you blood doping, mouths eating motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Dave. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Go visit Modernist Pantry. Uh, by the time this comes out, probably another week or two for the Spins All. It's Dave Arnold's, oh my God, Centrifuge. <laughs> I, have, I have fucking jet lag brain. Give me a break. All right. Um, it, it is a game changer for people in the culinary service that uh, I would say need it for certain dishes and for bartenders. Clearly you need it for a bartender. If you're a modern bartender, you need it. Yeah. Give us five stars. Mm-hmm.